college basketball fans. Welcome back to the college ball show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk, what else? Some college ball, right? A little college basketball. And we'll definitely start out like we normally do, recapping from the weekend. We'll kind of brush upon a couple of uh, items from the week since our last podcast last Monday. But one of the biggest games going in and coming out really was Auburn, number two, now number one, against 12 Kentucky, 80-71. to 71. Auburn got it done. And the vivid seats, we always talk about vivid seats uh, when we're breaking down the crafty, crappy pick of the week for our college football show. But the vivid seats were like $450, the cheapest seat. And... When you watch the game, you could tell how just crazy that was. I mean, that environment is right up there with anything you'll see in the country in that, in that. Not, not overall, like every time you go to Auburn for the last 25 years, I'm not saying that, but right now they got that thing going and it was freaking loud. And, you know, I think a lot of folks will kind of, uh, look at Auburn. Uh, you know, rightfully so, they won the game, and so they're number one and, and, and all that good stuff. It's a great win. But you can't really look down on Kentucky after that one. First of all, they kept it close without their best player uh, for a chunk of the game. So I was actually impressed with both teams and that one. Really no loser in that one. Um, and you know how last Saturday was is you know a little bit more upset and ridden? That's not the case. However, we got some big matchups tonight. We got a big matchup in the Big 12. Going to start in a couple hours, three hours. Um, on Tuesday, we have a Big 10 matchup. And then later in the night, I think it's 10 Central, 11 on the East, um, Arizona and UCLA, which will be, you know, a big, big game. And, and you never know how that Pac-12 closes. That might be something that's a deciding factor come March. Um, and then, of course, this weekend, got a lot of great games in the Big East as well this week. Uh, and then we have the Big 12 and SEC Challenge, big game on Sunday in the Big 10. So, yeah, we got a lot to talk about, no doubt about it. But if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope if you don't want to and download the show directly there or listen to the browser. You can find this here podcast, The College Ball Show, under the Ropadope Radio uh, umbrella on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, Amazon Music. We're also part of the Grilling True Sports Podcast Network. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegrillingtruth.com. And one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts. No hidden fees. If you upgrade to the choice or ultimate package, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees, which is becoming harder and harder to find. If you go all the way to the premiere package, that'll give you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's direct TV stream. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host. And, you know, before we get into the basketball side of things, um, you know, wild card weekend beyond one game was garbage. It really was. Just blowout central. And not just blowout central, but like early in the first quarter blowout stuff. We're at half. You're like, wow, when's the next game coming on? Um, but man, this, this, uh, the second round, the divisional round, it sure did make up for it, Marshall. Yeah. If, if you're a, a sports fan at all, I mean, that, that was, uh, four NFL games where, and I heard someone say it perfectly, where, so it basically, when you start off the weekend, you must have been saying, oh, the, the Bengals and Titans will be the game of the week to talk about. And then every great, every game progressively after that was the game of the week to talk about. And it finished with the Mahomes and, uh, um, Josh Allen game, which was, uh, a tremendous game of football. I know a lot of people feel bad for Josh Allen, but I, I think he'll have his time to be there again. But, you know, I, that, that was just, a beautiful weekend of football. 
And if we can get a March Madness type weekend that can rival that in perspective, that could be one of the coolest marches of all time. I mean, it's it's rare you get just four games that end in walk-offs in football. So, yeah, that that was a beautiful sports weekend, which I said hopefully trickles into a very fun and exciting postseason of uh, college basketball as well, Chris. Yeah, no doubt about it. But we are in January, so there's a whole lot of basketball to be played. And, um, you know, Auburn, they I think it's three straight now. They've beaten Kentucky. I want to say that's the first time since, like, the 70s, I think the stat read. I'm pretty sure. But it's the first time AP-wise that they're number one in the whole country. It really came down um, to, like, a 12-2 run that just under three minutes it took. And next thing you know, you look up, Auburn's up 45-40 to with 13 to play, right around 13 minutes to play. And after that, they, they just held them off enough. You know, they just pushed them off enough. Yeah, there it is. It marks the uh, second time in Auburn history that they've beaten Kentucky three straight times. That was 74 to 76. Oh, three t- straight times at home. Oh, that's a little different. The Tigers are now, they've won uh, 15 straight games. That's the third longest winning streak in school history. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that says a lot. That definitely says a lot. It was a really, you know, fun game to watch. Like I said, the energy in that place was just freaking ridiculous. And it was, there wasn't like one player that stood out, um, for Auburn per se. There were, they got it from a variety of angles. A couple of guys off the bench that played quality minutes. They shot the ball, though, basically 57% um, and got to the line. I mean, this is kind of where it was because, you know, Kentucky shot at 50%, but they got to the line 29 times and made 24 of those free throws compared to 8 out of 10 um, on the other side of Kentucky. Auburn's got this thing. We know Pearl, wherever he goes, you may have to, you know, give up some wins eventually, right? Because, you know, something may happen uh, as far as recruiting violations. But um, the guy knows how to coach, and wherever the guy goes, man, they got it pumping. And Auburn is looking the part right now as a team that could possibly make the Final Four. Yeah, and you you kind of you stole my thunder there. I was Because I'm just going to add on to what you're saying. Um that's incredible uh, free throw shooting. And you do see this as a trend a lot of times in college basketball, Chris, where the home team will have uh, more free throws than the away team. That's not, not saying the game is rigged or that, you know, that the refs were a bad uh, crew. It's just normally the home team plays a little more aggressive. But I, I really think that was uh, a big part of the advantage for them because Kentucky only shot 10 free throws and Auburn made 24 out of 29. And the fact that every guy in the team, no player missed more than two, is three out of four, three for three, four out of six, six out of seven, three out of three, five out of six. And I say those numbers because – And everyone it, shot one, too. That's something to say just off the bat. Like, that's crazy. Well, yeah, the, the fact that I read six players' free throws stat lines and – what the okay? So one guy went four out of six, like, and that's your worst percent. You do you realize how many college basketball games you watch as a fan, and you're like, oh Christ, this guy can't shoot free throws for shit. Like, there's a lot. Well, hell, I mean, I know there's guys in the NBA, but for the most part, a college basketball free throw team is anything far from a lock. But when every guy in your team shoots seventy five to eighty percent, like, that's actually really damn impressive. Because you know, I, I get Chris that you okay, maybe you're. Your starting point guard's an 85% free throw shooter. But when the whole team shoots 83%, that's, that's actually really impressive. Like that tells me that, you know, when it comes down to, um, games later in the year, like there's something to be said for that. Cause one of the biggest things, I know I'm jumping ahead here a bit, but when you do get into March, one thing we always look at and talk about is, you know, how does a team shoot free throws? And that is kind of a sign of a good team because as you and I well know, there's a lot of teams each year in college basketball where your season ends because you are a awful free throw shooting team. So, yeah. I mean, obviously there, there's more to the game than just this, but 
that's an impressive stat. Like you said that, that that stat was amongst six players, and it, on top of that, you shot 57% in the game. You only were six of 16 for threes, which for actually I, I give them credit for college because you do watch some college basketball games where you see teams chuck it from three like they're Stephen Curry, and it's like, dude, like you can get off a better shot in your offense. So you didn't get crazy from deep. You're active from the line, and that shows you're being really aggressive. I, I, that probably ties into the crowd being crazy. You play with energy. You got momentum, and that just goes to show you're, you're attacking more, getting to the line more. Like all those positives kind of tied in together. And the last part for me is, you know, surprisingly, the uh, Jabari Smith, like who's kind of at least on ESPN's kind of been showing, is the um, Auburn stud, who's like you know could be like a top. 10 draft pick he didn't have a, a, a huge game and his team won so if your future lottery pick had an average game and you won that's just a, a a nice one to build off of and obviously um with them beating Kentucky like this is just it's like been a slow buildup of a lot of positives for uh Auburn last year they had a stud point guard but they didn't play defense, and when games they got cold, they couldn't do anything. But this is a whole different squad, Chris. And, again, first time ever number one in the country. Uh, credit to them. That's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I was actually, for some reason, I was thinking it was later in the first quarter, or first half, excuse me, but he only played nine minutes, Ty Ty. And so I want to kind of go on the flip side of that and reiterate how – you know, come March, how good Kentucky could be at that time, too. Because uh, to be, to lead this game a, a fair amount of the way and then to keep grinding and stay in that game and make them beat you without your best player, um, that says a lot as well. Um, Baylor won on the road at Oklahoma. Duke just handled Syracuse. Syracuse, obviously, not the squad that we knew for so many years, really since the 80s. We talked about how tough it can be. At Kansas State, Kansas just snuck one out 78-75. Like I said, not a lot of major upsets. Tennessee did bounce back against LSU 64-50. So, yeah. Man, this LSU team is weird. They they have – so their offense is so – Crazy hot and cold. I, I and again, may, I don't know. Maybe it's their offensive style. I mean, I've only seen a handful of games, but that to to score, I don't know to to score it to to almost have a really efficient offense and really cold. Clearly, they're going through kind of a a dry spell here. Your last three games, you've scored fifty eight, sixty seven, and fifty. Yeah, games before, I mean sixty five, seventy nine. It just with all the talent the team has, it's just, they seem to be very weird because they were kind of get a lot of the um, SEC love. If we've been doing this podcast a month ago, there would have been right. a lot of LSU hype, uh, and, and rightfully so. And again, I'm not saying they're a bad team now that's not worth considering, but how you go from being like a, a top 10, really recognized team who beat Kentucky and Tennessee and Florida all in one week, and now you lose to Arkansas, Bama, Tennessee. Uh, I know that every team does go through waves, but the, I, the their inconsistency and to score 50 points in a college basketball game is I don't know that just seems odd. I, LSU man, they're they're if you're gonna bet them, you better hope they're having an on day because then when they have their off days, their offense goes from awesome to bad. And mind you, when they lost to Arkansas, that game finished on a 17 to two Arkansas run over the last seven minutes of the game. So be be wearful if you bet LSU and hope that they are got their shooting shoes on that day. How seventeen to two? That's how the game closed. Was that like five minutes or something? Oh, uh, the last seven minutes of the game. That's it was a, a seventeen to two run. So it was seven minutes of hell, not necessarily forty eight minutes of hell. <laughs> seventeen minutes, seven minutes of hell. No, yes, Damn. yes, yes. I know. That's that is that's a rough way to end. But, you know, like I keep reiterating, at least it's January, and, and they have sure. time to get their stuff together. But that is a good point. You know, the last chunk of weeks prior to that, like you said, a month ago, they were looking the part, and maybe they can get it. And speaking of riding the wave or the wave kind of falling off the board and letting crash you, um, TCU 
beat Iowa State. We talked about them last week. TCU is up to 13-3 and three now. Um, you know, they didn't shoot well from the, from, uh, you know, from the, from the field they did, 49%, 25 of 51. But from three, they were four of 15. Here's the problem, though. Iowa State was three of 26. So that really, you know, that, that hurt them big time. Good and, Lord. Yeah. And, and Iowa State, you know, they had a good start. They got a nice win over what was it? Was it Texas the last time we, we were talking about them? But now yeah. you start to look, they, they beat, they had a really close game with Baylor. I'll say that. And then they beat Texas Tech. So, you know, I didn't, it wasn't surprising that they lost to Texas Tech, playing them at Texas Tech, you know, beat them twice. That's going to be difficult. But now you look and you go, man, they, they've lost four of their last five. A lot of times you think, man, they're, they're starting to fall off. But, you know, at Oklahoma, I just mentioned at Texas Tech, especially, and then, a one point loss at Kansas, you know, I, I don't know. It, they've had some, you know, they're, they had a little drop in their program. Now it looks like they're climbing their way back up. They're eighth in the big 12. So they, you know, they're 14 and five. They still got plenty of time to do something here, but um, you know, they have two games now, Marshall at Oklahoma state and then Missouri. Then it's Kansas, Texas, West Virginia, so Iowa State's definitely got to, uh, you know, right the ship here in the next couple of games to get their, their groove back. Well, and that's one thing we talked about last week, which I really wanted to give a lot of props to them because, and again, I say this because this has kind of been one of my second and third favorite teams to follow. I, I'm a Tar Heels fan with my heart, and I, you know, find kind of support Iowa State with some others. But again, a handful of years ago, they were a tournament team. They went, they, you know, had sweet 16 potential. I think they lost in the second round. And then for two years, you were bottom of your conference. And then you're all of a sudden back to being ranked in the top 10 this year. And it's just such a quick, um, transformation, especially under a new head coach. So I think it's kind of expecting or expectable or possible to think that, hey, they're on the right path, but can you really go from last place, last place to being ranked in the top 10 and playing that season out? I think that, like you said, they're going the right way, but to have games like this, that's probably just realistic because you really don't see college teams ever go from a tournament team to dead last to dead last or very, very bottom to, oh, back to being a top 10 team. That's such a huge transformation, Chris. I guess realistically, we probably should consider that, hey, they're going to lose a couple of games like this with a new coach and they're you know, kind of uh, just reworking the ship together, however, whatever phrase you want to use there. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, another team that had a great week and are on the roll, though, I should say, I shouldn't say another team as if we were just talking about Iowa State, because it's that, that's just the complete opposite. But, you know, they started out Marquette is, uh, you know, they, they, they got, they got a tough schedule. Like early in the year, Marquette, Beat Illinois. Um, I remember watching that game. Um, and then they had this stretch where they lost. They got cleanly beat by Wisconsin, but that's at Wisconsin. Came back um, at Kansas State, snuck that one out. Ukula, Xavier, Yukon, Paws, uh, Creighton. So they, they went on this losing streak, but now all of a sudden they got their groove back a little or a lot of it, not a little bit. We we're just going to talk about that Providence team, too. They whooped them up uh, at the turn of the year here. Georgetown, DePaul, not a big deal there. But then a one-point win, uh, Seton Hall, who, you know, has definitely fallen from grace this year as far as AP ranked and all that, where they're, they, they could be and should be, a lot of people will say. But their Big East ranking is a little rougher. And then Nova and then Xavier, like, they got, but, but the, it doesn't stop for Marquette though, Marshall. At Seton Hall, who's going to be pissed off, right? They need a big win. At Providence, Villanova, UConn. And we're going to find out a whole lot about Marquette uh, in the coming weeks. And you know, and again, I'm a, I've become a Big East guy uh, for a man who my uh, the, my co-host used to root me back in the day for you know what, even questioning the tournament. Now it's become my favorite conference to watch. Um, it was more of a downplay. 
You you yeah. were downplaying a little, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, which which looking back was pretty foolish after those the the runs that Campbell Walker had and just so I mean the, the yeah looking back I that's when the ACC I, was bumping though a lot yeah like crazy so you know yeah I yeah it, it, it was Juan Dixon to you and Carolina do you know yeah so I I, I hear you um but. Yeah, they're playing a great style of basketball. I am very happy that Shock has come in there and I can support them again. Marquette had a, a former Duke coach who I won't name. Uh, you know, and, and he did okay, but he didn't do a great job there. They were kind of near the bottom of the barrel every year in the Big East. And, you know, bring in Shaka, who probably wanted to try to, re, you know, um, rebound his career because he went to Texas with a lot of hope. And I would say overall he probably felt that he – you know, was a bit of a disappointment there. Like he didn't reach the goals he probably wanted to achieve in Texas. So he gets a, a second shot to kind of recreate his um, love he had of ECU. And he's been doing a pretty good job. Um, last couple of years when Marquette was under Wojo, their offense was really kind of their biggest issue. And since he's taken over, I don't know if it's maybe been the new players, a new style, but they've become a really good um, team with assists. And they've been actually a really good team at shooting the three. So, obviously, um, you know, that, that's not always a consistent in college basketball. You can't live and die by a three because when you do good things and bad things can happen. But so far as a team, they've been shooting the three ball consistently pretty damn well. They're near the top of the Big East. And when you do that, Chris, and you, you know, new coach, new system, and you got some players that can help you and you can hit, you know, seven, eight threes a game, you're going to win a lot of basketball games that way. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just kind of wrap it up some of uh, the last several days uh, since the last time we did our podcast. That that game after we did our podcast, Purdue and Illinois went double overtime. That was freaking really, really fun. Um, Florida State, you know, we talked about, hey, you know, when we're breaking down the conferences, which we're about to do and see where everybody's at, don't count out Florida State every year. They're at least going to be there. Uh, some years they go a little further than others, of course. Some years they get beat early, but they managed to get by Duke in overtime, 79 to 78. That was a, you know, a big, big win for them, no doubt about it. Um, that Kentucky A&M game was a really close game, and Kentucky ended up, you know, getting the job done and, and, and pulling away. Friday night, both uh, Michigan State and Wisconsin, Michigan State got a Big, big win on the road at Wisconsin. And then Maryland beat Illinois. And, you know, Illinois had been on a nice run, too. Maryland showing some uh, signs of love. But that was a nice little matchup on uh, on Friday night. I, I really dug uh, I dug that because I kind of got off early from the brewery and I was able to go back-to-back on DVR, um, you know, with those games. Um, this Friday, not so much. There's not a whole lot there, but... When you kind of go, you know, coast to coast, and, you know, like my co-host said last week, um, you don't want to get in the car with me if you're going to take a, a trip around this country because I'm <laughs> probably going to go all over the place. And, you know, the high gas prices right now, you might as well just take a flight. But Providence sitting there at 6-1, and 12-0 at home, um, you know, they, they faced a couple of ranked teams, no doubt about it. Nova 7-2 and two at the top there. But look at Seton Hall, 3-4, and 12-5. And, 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 and like I mentioned, you, you can't count them out. They're only 3-4. and four, But at this point, it's really anybody's conference, like we said last week. Well, in a sense, anyway, because even Seton Hall is only three. Like when you look at it, you go, it's only three games out. It, it, you look at it and go, how are they only three games out? Um, but, yeah, Providence, dude, I, you got to love Providence in this one here just because they're kind of back to being a good, uh, you know, a good team. I remember them late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s being a pretty good squad. They've had, obviously, some coaches back. They had Patino back in the day. Um, but uh, what do you think here a week later looking at these standings, man? I think, like, obviously the the conference is off to a good start. And I think besides um, St. John's being where they are, I think they're a bit of a disappointment. Now, I, I also realize that not every team can have a winning record, so someone's got to beat someone. Um, 
I think they've underachieved. I think that Creighton, um, sitting at four and two is probably overachieved. They lost a, a, a good chunk of NBA talent two years ago and a good group of seniors last year. So I would say that they're a bit surprising. But besides that, you know, you have pretty much a, a well balanced top to bottom league where Providence is ranked, Nova's ranked, UConn's ranked, Marquette and Xavier both ranked and Seton Hall, who even though they're not ranked should, should be a tournament team who on a given day can drop 80 and when focused, and again, I, I like watching this team play, but my God, they can be frustrating. When focused is a, I would say for sure, a top 20 team in the country. But, you know, they their, their three and four record shows that yeah, on a given day, not so much either. So, yeah, um, I, I, I think that give it a month, Chris, so when we're doing this podcast in February, I'd be curious to see if Providence stays up there. Um, I like their team. They got a stud center in Watson, who's probably one of the better bigs in the country. Uh, again, I, I know it's a bit of a, a broad statement, but he he's for sure one of the best bigs in the Big East. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for that. His team's playing great basketball. They've had a coach be there for quite a while. Um, but I would say that people are probably surprised because this is a Providence team who is normally um, fifth or sixth every year in the Big East. So that's kind of like that outside bubble tournament team. So you go from a legit contending bubble tournament team that normally goes to the NIT to now you're leading a Big East conference with a handful of ranked teams. Like, can you keep it up? Uh, So, again, uh, off to a great start, but it wouldn't surprise me in a couple weeks if Nova was up top there. I hope they're not. That's one of the few teams I don't like in the Big East. But if Providence keep it up or if they're going to – Why is that? Why don't you like Villanova? I forgot. I'm just, well, you know. I forgot the reason why. Does uh, it have to do with like a a last second shot in a eh, national championship? You're cutting cutting out. I'm not, I think I lost you for a second, Chris. I want to recheck the audio when we do our show again. Uh, But yeah, I, you know, I'm a Providence man. I like you. I like a lot of teams. I've just never been a Nova guy. So uh, you you can read (laughs) that how you, how you'd like, but Hey, credit to the, to the Friars. And I hope that they keep their winning ways up. My friend, I, I, I missed that question, but we can keep going with the show. <laughs> um, John Rothstein, he had this tweet that says Providence is now 16-2 and and after their best start um, under Ed Cooley. And prior to this, because like you said, they normally are that, that one year where they actually won a game in the tourney as well during the 15-16 season, they started out 15 and 3 after 18 games. So we definitely will see now you know I just list or wait was that Marquette that was Marquette's schedule, right? Yeah, that was Marquette's schedule cuz I that schedule that I read where it's four ranked teams in a row or whatever. Yeah. I think that yeah, was yeah. Marquette. I was like, well, let's give them a little pass here the next four games and see if they can go 2 for 2. But that's kind of what Marquette's probably got to accomplish is go 2 for 2. You know, I mentioned Illinois you know, Hop, they have been, especially on the road in the Big Ten, going in, they lost the game to Maryland, but they had won 11 out of their last 12 Big Ten games. I forgot to uh, add that. But, um, yeah, man, I, it's, it is a good, really good basketball, uh, you know, oops, basketball conference. And I'm just I'm, – I'm happy that they were able to salvage it. I know the last couple of years we've been kind of honing on that. But it is nice because you start to see, you know, conference like it's not a power five. You have to include the Big East, you know, like it, it's it, it is a damn good basketball, uh, you know, um, conference. And it's cool because, you know, in the East and even in the Midwest, basketball is a pretty bad, big, you know, deal. No doubt about it. So that's pretty cool. Moving down to the SEC, we see Auburn up there with the two-game lead on Kentucky. They're 7-0. and We've, we've kind of talked a lot about them. They've only lost they've only lost the neutral site game. I didn't even think about that. They, like I said, they won 15. They're 15-0 and home and away, but they're neutral site. They got, they got beat. Um, A&M is pretty kind of underrated. Not ranked. 15-4, and 10-1 at home, 4-2 and two in conference. Like I said, it took everything out of Kentucky to kind of sneak that one in at the end. They didn't hit a buzzer, but once they got up, they kind of just held it enough. I really, you know, I've only seen a little bit of Mississippi State, so I couldn't tell you 
Alabama has kind of gotten better over the last few years, so they're a, always a tough team. Uh, we mentioned Arkansas year in and year out, but like you said, Tennessee and, and, and LSU, three and four and four and three, the conference is, I mean, we can kind of, a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, just give it to Auburn. That's cool, but the freaking, I mean, this is, this, this is, damn, this is a good conference. I know there was a lot of talk about that, and actually, I think they have, let me double check something real quick. Don't they have, according to Joe Lenardi's bracketology, oh, I'm sorry, that was the Big 12. The Big 12 has eight in the SEC, Big East, and Big 10 are tied with seven apiece right now. And a lot of people are saying, hey, don't sleep on the Mountain West. I've been hearing that this last week, according to Joey. Uh, they got three teams in, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that conference too. Maybe not week by week, but um, does it just kind of feel like Auburn, Kentucky, and and the rest got to figure it out from here? Uh, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. I would say it's kind of a I would say it's a disappointment if you are a Alabama fan an Arkansas fan uh, of late LSU, too. Because, you know, Bama started off the year pretty good, and they had a great they had a, a great year last year. Arkansas, again, had some good hype because they got Musselman as their coach. They had a good turnaround last year. And LSU seems to be averaging about 50 points a game for the last three weeks. And Tennessee is, you know, 4-3. I feel like the middle of the SEC, Chris, is a very strong middle, but it's almost like they're underachieving. And Mississippi State, and again, not that I've read a whole bunch of magazines, but I do remember reading some uh, gambling previews on them, and they were projected to be like a near the bottom of the conference team when this going into the season. So, and I know it is super early, but even the fact that Mississippi State is above Bama, Arkansas, and now even if it's by game or two in Tennessee, that's like that is kind of a bit surprising. Texas A&M. They haven't been really good for quite a while. So Auburn, Kentucky makes sense. Like those teams are maybe going to slug it out this year. And you would assume they'll get all together. But really, Mississippi State, Bama, Arkansas, LSU should all be, in theory, uh, strong tournament teams this year. And they're all kind of basically playing 500 ball, which does surprise me a little bit. Maybe it is how the schedule's laid out because I do know a handful of those teams have played each other, so I get that you, people do have to lose. But, yeah, I think the the middle part of that conference is stronger than it shows, and those teams should kind of work their way up. And I assume that the the top it, – it should be more top-heavy in a couple of weeks. And if you're Mississippi State and A&M, hey, keep doing what you're doing. But I think you're probably exceeding expectations as of now. Yeah, I think it was that 2000 2000- – it was a few years ago that A&M, I believe, made the tournament. But you're right. It's not like they're, uh, you know, consistently getting it done. You know, I just checked. We're going we're gonna to cross the country again to the Pac-12. And I just checked Arizona and UCLA, UCLA a.k.a. UCLA, um, their schedules. And UCLA definitely has a tougher schedule um, remaining. But, you know, I, I kind of put a lot of emphasis on this game tomorrow night, you know, three against seven in the country for, for obvious reasons. But they, like, play, like, again, very soon. It must have been like a reschedule because I know that they've been having issues uh, as far as, you know, pausing and everything. I know they lost uh, they lost to Oregon. But, yeah, they play um, Tuesday night, and then two games later, um, they play again. This is UCLA's schedule, and I think it's just one game later for Arizona. So, you know, I guess we can't put a big emphasis on this game just because they're going to play again in a couple of a couple of like in a, ten days or whatever. So, but it would be nice to get that foot up. And you know, I, I guess when I when I say that UCLA, it's still even a bigger game. They have the more experienced players. We know that because they did return some guys from last year's team that went deep. But they do have one loss to Oregon, as I mentioned. So to get this right now and then maybe just split with them, you know, that that would 
that would be ideal for well not ideal ideal would be you know getting the whole job done but they got to protect the home court and i heard on twitter that that's going to be another sellout and the place is going to be jumping cuz yeah they got to go february 3rd marshall they got to go on the road at arizona they still have usc twice and they're at oregon to a team they already lost so it would appear that Ukula, although the more experienced team, have the harder schedule down the stretch here uh, in January, February, March. I will say, um, obviously, home court advantage in college basketball is huge. If you're ever uh, looking to bet or just want you know make wagers with friends or bet on a line, like a lot of the times, and I know this is kind of like a really blanket overstatement, but if it's a close game, a lot of times just bet the home team. Like, if you look at the end of the year, like, for example, last year, the Big Ten, like, all the really strong top-tier teams who had great regular seasons, most of their home records were, like, 13-3, and 13-3, and three, uh, 12-4, and 14-2. and two. Like, if you look at almost any really solid conference, Chris, or any conference, for that matter, in basketball, um, their their win percentage at home is going to be, like, close to 70 to 80% of wins. So, anytime you do want to favor the home crowd, I will say – I don't follow the COVID restriction guideline policies of California, but I do remember telling you a couple weeks ago. I thought you were just saying, I'm not going to follow these guidelines. I thought you were just saying. Oh, I was like, what? No, no, I'm still a a wear the mask and believe in, you know, science and believe in doctors to help us become, you know, safer. I I was not dropping off and switching teams in the politics here. Well, I know you're in Texas for a while now, so I didn't know. I didn't know. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, well, I, 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 uh, well, that's a whole different podcast for the other day. But what I was going to say was, um, was when I did watch the UCLA game a handful of weeks ago, um, they had no fans at their stadium. So right. obviously a UCLA full arena would be huge. A UCLA arena that's empty with no fans. Now you lose that energy, the sellout crowds, the home excitement. And now you more have a neutral side game, which probably would favor Arizona. And it could be why Arizona's minus two. Again, I'm not exactly sure, uh, again, what the rules are because that I stuff's did read it every correctly. State. I did read it correctly. They are back. Super, okay. Awesome. This is the L.A. Times. Super excited to have fans back at Pauley Pavilion. Uh, UCLA will embrace that, that, that's you. against Arizona. That, and, and, and that's good for the sport, too. But you're right. That should be a – a very fun game. I'll take UCLA, even though they're an underdog by two points. Um, and yeah, um, but speaking of weird scheduling, I know we're, we're talking Pac-12 here, but just to prove the point, um, this past Saturday, St. John's played Seton Hall this past Saturday. They play each other tonight as well. So with COVID, right. making people all kind of have different postponements, never, ever, ever would you see a regular Big East conference have teams play each other in, yeah, within back, two days back. in a row. But, yeah, you know, with COVID, you got to ad- adjust, adjust and adapt and make things happen. But um, you're right, it does lead to some uh, different scheduling out quirks. And, again, it, it, does it really make a difference if Seton Hall and St. John's play each other back-to-back or a month apart? Not really. Same thing for Zona, UCLA, 10 days apart. You're still going to get good games, but it is just kind of a, an unusual uh, situation. But maybe – that can improve your scouting report, or I, I suppose yeah. it could be a positive or negative, depending on how your coaching staff, you know, views the film and how the players make adjustments. So it, it could be a better or worse thing for your teams. I guess it's really hard to say, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and I also, um, I guess it would matter if you had someone hurt in those games too, if you had to play them back to back. You know, they did that sure. last year for the NBA. They had a lot of back to back. Um, games like that where you it's a home and away sometimes I don't think there is home home when you play the same team and they've put that in the schedule here and there this year they've actually kept it uh, not as much but you know there's probably five six of them at least there is in the Timberwolves and I kind of like that feeling because it's hard to beat someone back to back like that you know and it, and it also kind of bumps up some rivalries if you had a heated game you know, the people in the local fan base are like, all right, dude, let's see Thursday how that goes because, you know, it, it got a little a little feisty. Um, now, I'm looking at the ACC, and it's looking like the Big East in football 
late 80s, early 90s is what it looks like to me, uh, or a combination of it, actually, because what am I saying? Florida State wasn't in the Big East. They were still in the ACC. But Florida State and Miami, 6-2. and two. Duke just got beat by Florida State. They're 5-2. and two. They're half a game out. They got the most talent maybe in the country, potentially, to see if they can glue it together. You know, Notre Dame is, you know, generally just a solid club. Same with Louisville. They're five and four. Virginia's five and four, 11 and eight overall. Six and four at home. I'd have to go check their home schedule and, and stuff like that. But this, uh, talk about, you know, right now it feels like Duke should be like one loss in leading it, but there's, they're the only ranked team. They still are in the top 10, I believe. Um, this is actually going to be, instead of maybe a top-heavy four or five teams that, you know, maybe two, three of them can go to the Final Four, this seems like the opposite. Um, what do you think here of the ACC? And then I have one more comment on a tweet about the about an ACC team. Um, throughout, the, what, the past 10, 15 years, is that, I mean, Leonard Hamilton is about as – reliable of a regular season coach as you can get. I feel like every year Florida State makes the tournament. Um, they maybe don't always make the Sweet 16, but, I mean, in the regular season, he's about as good as it gets every damn year. So credit to them, again, as usual. Uh, again, I don't think many people expect Miami to be this high. Duke, again, on a given day, as you said, has the most talented roster in the country. Um, Notre Dame, uh, it's been a minute since they've been ranked this high. Wake Forest as well. Credit to them. They've been trying to rebuild that school of basketball. It's It's been a while. They normally always seem to have a lottery pick every year, but they normally aren't a team contending for March Madness. So, And they got my Tar Heels um, at 4-3. and three. Louisville's at 5-4. and four. Virginia's 5-4. and four. It, You're right. It, it's just kind of weird that a couple of the, like, the fact that um, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, and Miami are all above Carolina, Louisville, Virginia. Hell, Syracuse is three and five. Clemson's three and five. The Wolfpack are three and six. Vatek is two and five. Uh, Pitt had been going the right way. Like, if you are a Pitt fan at two and six, a Vatek at two and five, NC State three and six, all of those teams, Chris, basically every year, well, especially Vatek and NC State, are pretty yeah. much always contending for uh, a tournament spot. And Clemson's always been a, a legit bubble team, and Syracuse has basically been a every-year tournament team. Or I know Bayham's always on the damn bubble, and they always let him in. But, I mean, you have four teams in the bottom half of your conference. Virginia's not ranked. This is kind of a weird year where a lot of the, the, the blue bloods for ACC basketball are all kind of down, which, and again, I know that teams have highs and lows, but... All the teams I just mentioned as of right now are have under 500 records. That's rare because a lot of those teams normally are ranked or at least in the top six of the conference. And for that case, it's not the matter yet. Now, again, long ways to go. But it's yeah. almost like the, the, the conference kind of flipped, it, flipped the script for a lot of these teams because those numbers are really surprising. So before we get to the Big Ten, this is a tweet. Now, don't, don't, I'm, don't shoot the messenger, okay? This is just a tweet. It's okay. from uh, Jeff Goodman, Goodman Hoops, all right? It said, North Carolina has now been run off the court by Tennessee, Kentucky, and Miami. I said the Tar Heels were a bubble team the other day. Maybe I was wrong. What do you have to say to Goodman? Oh, This good bastard. God. Taking shots when the squad's a little down. I mean, we're only a game and a half out of first place in the ACC, and we have a, <laughs> yeah, right. a we have a first year head coach replacing one of the best of all time. Um, and uh, you know, I'm, maybe I'm just gonna let's heard of him. Maybe he's uh, heard of him. Uh, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna use his uh, bulletin board material for the boys. I'm sure they're gonna <laughs> post that tweet in the locker room. Oh yeah, <clears throat> they're going to uh, uh, rally the troops, as they say. And yeah. all those schools he mentioned, like, are pretty good teams. Like, right. Purdue beat us by nine points. Purdue was ranked first. Tennessee went on a given day 
is one of the best defensive teams in the country. And as you said, Kentucky whooped our ass. Like, Kentucky also scored 107 points on Tennessee last week and, like, ran him out the right. gym, you know. So I guess I'd be a little more concerned if we were losing to the bottom barrel teams that I just mentioned. But, yeah, we got beat by three good teams who are probably all going to the tournament. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Am I supposed to – What you know, cool. All right, fine. I can live with that. I'm okay, Chris. I'll move on. We'll check back with Goodman in March, damn it. Yeah, we will. I'll, I'll tweet at him, too, and I'll let, <laughs> I'll let my voice be heard. Um, beyond 0-8 Nebraska, which, dude, they still sell tickets, though. They still sell a lot of tickets. Um, sorry. <laughs> it's just weird. Uh, beyond them, though, right? The Big Ten, I mean, it's early. We get it. But even my Gophers at 2-5 and five are only four games out. You have Michigan State. Who's slowly but surely looking the part? They're only fifth, or they're fifteen and three, six and one in conference. Wisconsin in Illinois sitting at six and two. That was a big, big win there. Obviously, we talked about that a second ago. With Spartans of Wisconsin at Wisconsin. That was huge. Uh, Illinois six and two. I mentioned that five and two. Ohio State, Rutgers, Purdue, Indiana is a pretty good club in. You know, Michigan actually came out with a big win. They're still three and three, two and a half games out. I mean, I know it's early, but this thing, man, one, two, five ranked teams. They may get 12 teams. Okay, hold on. They may get eight teams. Uh, maybe they'll get seven teams in the, in, in the, uh, the big dance, possibly. Now, my Gophers did get a dub. I don't want to go too, too detailed into it because I do have a, a Timberwolves Gopher show next, but uh, it was a much needed stop the bleeding uh, type of win for my Gophers um, who, you know, can't be expected to do much this year when they lost like nine guys because of the coach turnover last year, but, and they didn't even have three of their starters, but that was a big win, but it, it's, it's much like we're talking about the Big East and S, well, not the SEC, but the Big East Especially this thing is wide open, but I gotta say Michigan State. Maybe I'm just you know recent biased from Friday night, but they're looking damn good too. But this thing is, I mean Purdue, uh, two weeks ago, or how many weeks ago was that that they were number one? They weren't uh, one two or three long, max. Yeah, like they're sitting at five and three, and they're sixth in the conference. And they got a good-ass club. Like, they have pieces. They got a center. They got a backup center. Like, they're good. So I was a fool. I, I got home Friday night after coaching, and I turned on Wisconsin and um, uh, Michigan State. And I remember checking when I was driving home that – or I, when I was going from – coming home from my game that I was like, oh, man, uh, Sparty's killing Michigan. Like, oh, damn. Like, I haven't seen Sparty play much this year. And, of course, I turned the game on – and see Wisconsin go like an 8-0 run to kind of from like an 11-point lead or 12-point lead down to 4 or 6 or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll live bet. I'll bet a little on uh, the Badgers to take care of business. And then I saw what what I can politely say without, you know, setting a world record here for swearing, but Sparty kicked their ass. This was like grown men basketball against little Trumps. And – this is a Wisconsin team who's played really good this year. But after Michigan went on that run, or uh, Wisconsin went on that run, it was an 11-3 run. And Michigan State had what you would call bigs, and Wisconsin's big guys who were playing like big kids got owned. Normally in college basketball, again, the home team has an advantage just because the home team and the Badgers have a great home court advantage. But after Wisconsin cut it down to six, that game was a wrap. For, it, it, it was done. I'm not what sure. I don't know what Izzo said, but it, w when they went down to the post, Wisconsin had no answer. They had um, Michigan State had uh, three possessions in a row where they got offensive rebounds. Like I, I, I felt like a fool because like man, you know, I haven't seen Sparty play this year. Wisconsin's been good. I've seen them a handful of times, but Michigan State utterly destroyed them. Just offensive board, defensive hustle. Uh, there was back-to-back -back possessions where Michigan uh, State had turnovers because Wisconsin's guard or Biggs couldn't didn't, didn't have anyone pass the ball to. Like, 
I just, it's one of those things where, you know, when you watch a game, Chris, and if, since you don't watch from the start, you can hop in, you can kind of get maybe confused or misled. I was right. wrongfully misled. And for that, and I know it's only a 12 minute window, but for that 12 minutes, um, Michigan State obliterated a Wisconsin team who's had a great, great year so far. But man, those Michigan State bigs were making Wisconsin's bigs look super soft. And that was a great performance. Now, what I probably should realize was, Michigan State was going to come in a little worked up because prior to the Wisconsin um, game, they had lost against Northwestern at home, which was not supposed to happen. So you knew that Izzo was probably going to rally the troops and get him going. But that was a really impressive win by Sparty. I'll tip the captain on that because that was a, a, a beatdown, which you normally don't see happen uh, against teams on their home court. Yeah, that is a good call. Um Tonight and and now they go to Illinois for their next game. Jesus, man, you're right. It's a loaded conference, and you get very few freebies in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think the Gophers have three ranked teams coming in a row. Um, So yeah, it's definitely loaded, no doubt about it. But as we say, we'll continue to stress this. Let's see what happens come early April, because you know, on a Monday night, that's when it all really, 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 really really counts tonight um texas tech at kansas i'll take kansas i'm thinking we were just talking about michigan state on another road game at illinois now according to and i had to throw this in according to espn's basketball power index okay because my my co-host it's it's part of the contract i have to mention this because my co-host goes all his bets go off this just kidding he doesn't like it. Um, 79.3% of winning. That they got they got the fighting Illini dominating tonight or Tuesday. Now, I don't think they'll lose three in a row, but they better watch out. That's all I'm gonna say. Because Michigan State's hot, but I do like uh number twenty four Illinois in that one. And then I'm going Ukula. Home crowd. Fresh in there. What do we got for vivid seats? Tickets as low as twenty six dollars. What the hell's going on? Um, yeah, I like uh, I like Ukula over Arizona in their. Uh, we'll just call it a series here because it's the second one's coming as we mentioned. Um, but there, I mean, there is dude. Providence visit visit Xavier. Um, Friday night kind of sucks comparatively, but then you have the Big 12 SEC Championship or Championship Challenge, I should say. Um, Some of the big games out of that. Um, Kentucky and Kansas is clearly the biggest game out of there. And let's see if Ty Ty Washington will come back. Tennessee, Texas. Texas kind of needs to rebound a little bit. They need to dub there. Um, Texas Tech, Mississippi State. We talked about how, hey, Mississippi State, let's see what they're about. They got to go on the road at Texas Tech. So uh, Baylor, Alabama, that's another big game there. And then kind of talking about, you could talk about any of these games too. I'm just kind of previewing the schedule. Number 16, this is on Sunday at 11 a.m. They're getting that stuff out of the way before any football starts. Number 16, Ohio State at number six, Purdue. And then my Gopher squad has to see the Badgers on the road. And they're probably going to be still pissed about that Michigan State game, Marshall. Yeah, you know, actually, I mean, Saturday alone, like you were saying, that that's a that's a strong day. Uh, LSU at TCU, if that I mean, I'm sure I could probably get a ticket there for oh forty seven dollars. Jesus, that's kind of under how, the radar too, dude, because TCU's starting to rise up, huh? Yeah, I didn't see that there, game. TCU's 13. That, that actually, I might have to let, see if my coach let me go. That'd be a sneak out the door a little bit from practice. That'd be a fun one to go see LSU at TCU. Yeah. Um, Michigan and Michigan State, you know, even though Michigan's having a bit of a down year with Juwan Howard leading the way, um, you know, that I that's still a huge rivalry game. Like you said, Oklahoma-Auburn should be fun. Xavier Creighton should be good. Uh, Arizona State-Arizona. Um, Arizona's probably expected to kill me. Never know. Baylor at, at Bama. That Bama place would be going crazy. Uh, I always love cheering for St. John's. They go to Nova. Marquette at Providence. Those are probably the two best teams right now in the Big East. 
Kentucky, Kansas. Damn, uh, well, that is if Ty Ty's a, back. I'm picking Kentucky, but I think I'm going to stick with Kansas. But if Ty Ty's back, I'm picking Kentucky on the road. Yep, I said it. All right, all right. Walk in the fog, Allen, get a win. I'd be fine with that. Uh, Tennessee goes to Texas. Yes, you're right. Saturday is a a hell of a day, and then you get to watch your uh, 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 the good game at 11 a.m. as you mentioned before. We get to watch NFL. Jesus, you're it's a again like we were saying before the show. The one good thing about college basketball is even if your team maybe has maybe a, a bye during the week or an off game or maybe plays like some of the like bottom barrel teams in your conference, there you're always going to have some type of good games with as many teams as there are playing. And obviously, some weeks are better than others, as as you'll see as throughout the year when we do this. But there's pretty much always going to be a couple of good games to break down or pick. Now, they may not turn out to be good games, but at least on paper college basketball with 355 division one teams within a given week you're probably going to have a handful of games you're like damn that could be good and hopefully those turn out to be that way but yeah that's saturday that's about as good as you can get which is the first saturday we've not had nfl or college football in quite a while so the the college basketball world is helping pick up the slack chris so are you just gonna duck the picks this week or are you gonna pick a couple games i just i I, I will join you. We pick games on this, too. The call, it's not just college football. We, we pick games on the college basketball, too. I will I will join you taking UCLA. I think with the home crowd back in the Poly Pavilion, I, I think they'll get a win. Um, I'll never pick Kansas, so I'll definitely join you with Kentucky there as well. Um, so you got Texas uh, Tech beating them tonight then, too. I'm, I'm legally obligated to say yes. I do realize <laughs> if I pick against Kansas every show this year, I might have a losing record in that, but I will <laughs> never say, hey, I'm cheering for Kansas guy. Nope. So I will I will be anti-pick uh, Kansas and Duke every game this year. I, I cannot pick for cheer for either That's of those fair. schools. So I will my, my reputation may get uh, punished by one loss record, but I will not uh, you're, solve you're my pride and pick it, either though. of those schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That helps. Um, let me let me ask you this. Uh, do you think that um, – and obviously, Bama, as we said a little bit ago, has been underachieving, I would say, the standards from what they had last year. But would you see a, a potential uh, Baylor upset um, as they walk into Tuscaloosa uh, for this uh, upcoming Saturday, my friend? Well, according to – no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know – I, I have my eye on them a little bit because I'm looking for an upset of the week this week. And I did have my eye on this one. On the road. Um, like, offensively speaking, and let me check really quick. I know Bama's up there. Yeah, 81 points. We know Baylor's kind of known for points. Last year sure. they were nasty with the defense, and this year they are as well. So they're putting up 81, Baylor's basically put up 79, but they only give up about 60 points, whereas Alabama gives up 74. So in a in a in an offensive showcase where you're just going to outscore a team and it's going to be, it, man, I don't think they can get to 85 or 90 on Baylor, but it, they may just go out there and just out offense them. I guess I could see that. But I did have my eye on that for an upset of the week. I'm still kind of looking at it, still kind of sure. judging it a little bit. But it's funny that you bring that one up because that is on my radar for upset of the week, sir. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I've never. it always kind of seems weird why they do that challenge in the middle of the year. But just for the sake of, like, mixing up for a little bit of the schedule break, it is kind of fun. and. They normally have done a pretty right. good job of picking up uh, good matchups, and it normally is a pretty fun time for when we get to break these down. Um, a couple of years ago, Oklahoma might give up a bit of more of a fight. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma right now 12 and 7, 1 and 3 away this year. Like their win loss record probably isn't going to scare Auburn. But as we do know, Chris, whenever a team gets ranked number one, because we'll go through some type of stretch this year where. Uh, the number one team loses three weeks in a row. Like that, that's a college basketball almost a given. I'm not saying it's going to happen this week, but you'll see a trend where the number one team switches places like three times in a row because, you know, you get that extra yeah. little ego 
and then the every school plane you has the extra if if it's on the road that extra little nudge that takes right. down your rankings. So and I think it skews that way even more, you know, to the to the team like you got a target on your back now. Yeah, it, you're right. It, it does. It is hard to consistently stay up top for a very um, long time in college basketball. Just and now again, Purdue. Uh, had a good run, you know, they're still a good squad, but yeah, that number one ranking that puts target on your back and that makes life, uh, can make life very difficult for those teams. Funny that you mentioned Purdue because the other one I was eyeballing was Iowa at home. And when you see it on paper, it's like, man, um, now Purdue shoots the ball better than no, better than them clearly, but that's the one I'm eyeballing too. Purdue at Iowa. That'll be Thursday night, I believe. Wednesday or Thursday night. That's one. I think it's on FS. We yeah, it's Thursday night, FS1. That's another one where I'm looking at it thinking, man, upset of the week? I don't know. I don't think Minnesota can uh, pull off an upset against Ohio State that same night. But if they get a couple of their starters back, they definitely, um, they're definitely playing like hard all the way through the game and keeping games probably tighter than they should considering uh, their roster. Any other items you want to get to before we shut this thing down, sir? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got I got one game left, and I, I promised our listeners, and I, I'm not going to go back on my word. I always try to be the, the, the man of integrity that I am. So you're going to want to go to ESPN, Chris. Go to Wednesday the 26th. Uh, this okay. beauty, this beauty is at 6 p.m. And go to Division One, right? Not yeah, top di- 25. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is Division One, sir. Okay. And it is in the American Conference. No, Patriot League. Patriot I was going to say American. American's pretty good. <laughs> um, the Patriot League Conference. Okay, you got to be more descriptive than that. <laughs> the, uh, the Holy Cross Crusaders against oh, American so University. This, dude. It is so hard to find. I'll, I'll give you a bit of a – Is it top? Uh, 6 p.m. It's near near the top. 6 p.m. Okay, Central okay. Uh, Wednesday. Uh, you have the Holy Cross Crusaders okay, who are 3-14 and 14 okay. and 1-4 and four in conference against American University who's 5-12, and 1-4. and four. So combined, these teams have played – if I do some quick math here, 17 – 1734. These teams have played a combined 34 games and have eight wins. So clearly you're getting a barn burner of a matchup. Um, Chris, for the, for the first crafty, crafty college basketball pick of the week, will the Holy Cross Crusaders with their, uh, peasants holding pitchforks and, uh, <laughs> and sticks and knives walk into American University in Bender Arena in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and pull off a shocker? Or will the American University uh, mascots, the Eagles, uh, the Golden Eagles? Yeah, I was going to say, what in the hell are their mascots? Wasn't this on a commercial years ago, American it, University? It, I think it Yeah, I think it was. I could have sworn you could just online the shit out of that school and get a degree. Um yeah, man, if you if these Holy Cross – what is it, Holy Cross? Crusaders. Holy, oh, Jesus. That's pretty intense uh, when you really think about that. Um, but I <laughs> it get is. it. It's cool. Yeah. Um, if, if the Holy Cross comes in on a bender from studying so much, the, the good book, of course. Yeah. And they think they can come into Bender Arena on a Wednesday night, tickets as low as $9, get in there. I mean, it, it, it packs 3,400 in the gym. They're going to have – well, I, I'm actually not going to make that joke because um, it's still too fresh. But, yeah, you're right. This game sucks. This game does suck. <laughs> uh, I noticed American University online, uh, preferably, uh, can pass the ball a little better per game. That's something that kind of stands out to me. Spread the ball around, you know. They could shoot better. This is a this is a crappy game, and I'm looking at both game or both teams, and they've been in somewhat competitive games. I would say um, American lately have been in a little bit more competitive, and I look at Lehigh, 
And when you can look at Lehigh, at least as a college basketball fan, you know who Lehigh is, right? You know, sure. right? Yeah. And now American only lost 63 to 61, right? Where it was 77, 69. Now maybe that's a three, two late threes. I didn't watch the game, so who knows? Maybe that doesn't mean shit. But I'm going to go more the Patriot uh, way. Uh, American University Eagles to basically stop the crusade of what's been going on here for Holy Cross. So I got American. I got. I need that jingle. I need that jingle. I wish I. I wish I knew it was this game. If they win next week, we're, I'm going to find that commercial and I'm going to have the jingle on the show. But I'm going American University. <laughs> By the way, God bless you. I have some – I didn't get it in, but I have – I timed it nicely. I have some Coach K since it is his last season. Oh, good God. I at the buzzer. Oh, I have God. two clips, one oh, that I'm going to play periodically through the season, okay? So oh, I have Lord. audio clips that this is going to be great. This is going to be phenomenal. Yeah. God but yeah, I got me. American University. <laughs> this might be the last year of our <laughs> podcast. We, we, we've been friends for over a decade. I'm not sure I can handle this moment. It's too late to play it because we're at the minute, right. uh, okay. hour six mark. But I, well, I, God, have, God I literally, that. that night, after we had the little Coach K thing and I had a quota, I said, I'm going to get a press conference that's going to oh. irritate him. And then it's, I have his introductory, his 1982 or something like that. His oh, first Jesus. introductory press conference, baby. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, I, I, I got no, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> left. I'm rarely a man who's left speechless. So I'm just gonna say, uh, stay safe. Uh, wear a mask. I hope you're able to enjoy this uh, cold winter time around you. And uh, March Madness will be around the corner sooner than we know. So mm. on that note. Uh, oh God. Have a great night. Thanks as always for listening. The boys are out tonight. Peace.